This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 244, and I'm talking with Kira D'Amato. Kira is a returning guest on the show. She was episode 216 back in January, and she also came back for a Patreon episode after she ran the Houston half. Kira recently competed in the Olympic marathon trials in Atlanta and placed 15th, running a 30-second PR. And it's to note that she also ran a 234 in Berlin this past fall, which was a six-minute PR for her then. So then she then went to the trials on that super hilly course and ran a 30-second PR off of that 234 from Berlin. So Kira is just on her way to some really exciting things in her career. She calls this her second round. She is a full-time realtor. She's the mother of two. And after taking some time off from competitive running after college and a little bit after post-college, she is back competing with the best of the best in the world. So as many of you may know, I'm doing this reoccurring series on Fridays right now where I'm bringing back a returning guest and we're just kind of having some fun with the episodes. We're doing some more laid back, lighthearted conversation type of topics after a little recap of what's been going on in their lives. Uh, We did this with Des Linden two weeks ago, episode 240. And again, last weekend, episode 242 with Courtney DeWalter, Sally McRae, and Maggie Guturel. Uh, Make sure, though, you're checking out my Tuesday episodes that I'm putting out right now. I just put an episode out on Tuesday with Molly Seidel and her coach, John Green. And the week before that, an episode with Kayla Edwards, an 800-meter runner. So lots of episodes pumping out right now. I'm truly just finding that in this kind of crazy time that nothing feels very normal, recording episodes and putting them out is making me really happy. So For the time being, I'm doing a couple episodes a week right now, and we'll see how that goes. And speaking of that, I'm really excited for this series because we have an awesome sponsor, and that is Koala Clip. Koala Clip is the absolute best way to carry your phone with you on the go when you're running or when you're biking or whatever you might be doing. It has a simple design, and it is super comfortable. It's water resistant, so your phone stays totally dry even if you are totally sweaty or it's raining or whatever. And this all started out of a dream that the founder, Christina Powell, had when she realized that fumbling through her belt that she carried her phone in just wasn't the best way. And she found a way to solve that problem. If you wanna make running with your phone more comfortable, you need to get the Koala Clip. And if you already have one, Go support this small business and send one to one of your best running friends. Such a fun gift to get in the mail. I'm sending one to Kira after this episode. So you can go to koalaclip.com and use the code ANOTHER to get 10% off your order. Big thanks to Christina for stepping in for this series. Again, you guys go support her. 
Get yourself the best way to take your phone with you on the go. Koalaclip.com. Use the code ANOTHER. All right, this podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network, a network I started last summer that I am super excited about and proud of. Make sure you are checking out the other two shows in this network, the Up and Running Podcast with hosts Lauren Flores and Abby Stanley and the Illuminate Podcast with hosts Emily Reddington, Kristen Swrewer, and myself. All right, if you enjoy this episode, this series, any of our recent guests, please consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. And if you really love it, take a screenshot, share it with your friends on social media, send it out on your favorite group text message chain, whatever, help us spread the love. We appreciate it. All right, enjoy my conversation with Kira D'Amato. Well, today on the podcast, I'm so excited to welcome back Kira D'Amato. Welcome back to the show, Kira. Thanks for having me back. I thought I blew it the first time. So the fact that you asked me for round two, I'm I'm flattered. Oh my gosh, it goes down as one of my favorite all-time interviews. And then you came back on Patreon. So for those people on Patreon, they got to hear you two times. Oh, well, thanks for having me back. This is fun. It's nice to have like adult time. <laughs> yes. And I was just trying to think. So we talked, gosh, it must have been in like uh, November, December in the fall. And then we recapped, that's what we did on Patreon. We recapped your Houston race because you ran that 70. Yeah. You like, technically you really broke 70 minutes, but it was like the whole gun time, chip time thing. Yeah. I'm still like in my PRs, I'm using 69.59, but official results at 70.01. Yeah. You were right up there with all the, all the top American women there. Yeah, that was really that was a cool race. That was that was really fun. Okay, so everybody can go back and listen to the first interview I did with Kira. I'll I'll uh, mention it in the intro what episode number that was. But you had a stellar race at the trials. Did you feel that way? Fifteenth place. Um. Yeah. Like I definitely. It was within like my goal, so I was happy. But that race was just such a slugfest. I finished and I was like, well, this was my last marathon. I'm never doing that again. That was really that was really tough. But I feel like if you run a marathon right, that's probably how you should be feeling at the end. It's sure. like I put it all out there. That it was terrible at the end, but, um, no, but then it took another, like, you know, 10 seconds and I was thinking, okay, I could do this better. I could do this better. You know, I want to get back and try it again. So that, that goes away pretty quickly, but yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. It was, um, a tough course, it was a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. And the elements were unique for that day, but yeah, I'm really proud that I just put myself out there in that pack and really went for it. Um, you know, I eventually fell off and then it was just a slugfest fighting against the wind at the back, back just to keep it through. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy overall with how that went. Okay. So when I said that, I heard some disappointment in your voice. So was your true goal to be top 10 then? Tell me, tell me more, explain more about this. So I didn't really know how I was going to measure up place-wise, but I feel like I let myself down on time-wise a little bit. And that could have been a little bit like the hills and the wind, and that kind of played in a little bit more than I thought. But I felt like I was in shape to run a lot faster than that. And I thought even on a hilly course. So, so I finished and I was like, ah, like I, you know, I know I didn't give up and I, I pushed it really hard, but, um, 
you just kind of, I was questioning like, what could I have done better, I guess. But, um, yeah, so I guess that's where the little bit, the hint of disappointment. And, you know, I guess that's a good thing that 15th overall, and I feel a little disappointed. I guess that's, uh, I guess (laughs) that's a good thing, I guess. But what was your official time? Um, it was low 234 something. So it was, it was like a 32nd overall PR. Okay. So I'm moving, I'm moving in the right direction, but you know, I still have that family goal of 231 that my husband has and that I didn't <laughs> come close to that on that day. So that's a little disappointing. And maybe that's where I'm having a hard time swallowing that time. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and your, your 234 before that was, or was it 235 was on a, uh, really flat course, right? Correct. Yeah. It was Berlin where it's just pancake pancake flat. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly you came into this with a lot more fitness and I mean, it's the best of the best. It seems like everybody was really struggling with that course. It sounds like it was extremely difficult. Now I know the pack kind of broke away around what, like 18 or so. What, where were you in that? I fell off before that. I think I made it through about like halfway with the pack. And then shortly after that, I fell off. And like, and that's where I kind of beat myself up a little bit is there's always that point in a marathon where like you start to feel uncomfortable and then it kind of creeps into your head and you doubt yourself. So like the first loop, I was feeling very relaxed and very confident. And I, I felt like I was where I was supposed to be. And then as soon as you start to feel uncomfortable, you start thinking like, what, what am I doing here? How am I trying to like run with these girls? And just that, like that tiny bit of doubt, I feel like allowed me to like back off a little bit and I fell off that pack and then I immediately started falling, like feeling just the huge like gusts of wind. Mm. Um, and then I was like really mad at myself. Like, why did I doubt that? Like, why didn't I just hang in there? So then I try to catch back up to that pack, which, you know, they're amazing and the wind, it just wasn't possible. So I, I feel like, I kind of lost a little bit to myself mentally in that race. And I Mm. wish I would have just stayed a little bit more confident in that. But I guess that's a really big like lesson for for me to learn in that. Um, But the really surreal thing in that race was, I mean, I I really was struggling the last six or so miles or eight miles. And I felt like I was slowing down and slowing down, but like no one was really passing me. Yeah. So I kept, I kept thinking like, oh, I'm eating it. I'm hitting a wall. This is terrible. This is not going so well. I feel awful. But like no one was really passing me at that point. So it was so confusing. Like, you know, so that kind of gave me the strength, like hang in there. You're doing great. Just hang in there. Like um, just finish because this is going to be good. If you can just finish, you're in a good spot. So that, that kept me motivated. But, uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was a tough course. I don't think I ever really want to do that one again, but. Yeah. I was thinking about that because falling off, you know, earlier than the pack actually broke up. And still coming in 15th place, that pack was bigger than, you know, that many people. So were you passing a lot of people or was that just accounting for all the people that ended up dropping? I think it was the people that ended up dropping okay. because I wasn't catching anybody. Okay. Okay. So you're kind of <laughs> just alone. I was not catching anyone. So I was completely by myself and I would hear like, oh, you're in 18th, you're in 16th, oh. you're in 15th. And that was a little confusing because I'm like, how am I? Uh-huh. But I'm like, you know what? Maybe, maybe if enough people think this is really, really tough, that's, you know, it's going to bode well for my place. So I'm just kind of like, hang in there, put your head down and just do all you can. So did you pass even one person then? 
No. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess. Actually, no, there was one girl I passed after halfway, but, um, but a couple people passed me like Sarah Sellers Uh came flying by me. Yeah. She finished. I tried just to like, (laughs) so strong. That girl's a beast, man. Yeah. But yeah, I tried to like tuck on with her and, uh, yeah, that did not work because she was just hammering. So yeah, she, she finished really well. Yeah. I think, was she like 11th or 12th? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. She did great. Yes. Well, yeah. And at that at that time, you don't know if you're not seeing the carnage on the side of the road. You don't know that Sarah Hall and Molly Huddle and Emily Sisson, Roberta Groner. I'm trying to think of all the other people that dropped, but a lot of notable names did. But you don't know that while you're racing. Yeah, I had no idea. I had passed Roberta, so I knew she was. I knew that I was ahead of her, and but all yeah, it was. And I was trying to like, whenever there was U-turns, I was trying to look at that path just to see like how it was and count where I was. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a unique course and it it really played out really cool. Like as a spectator and just a lover of running, it was really cool to see how that, that ended up. So, okay. What are your biggest takeaways from the whole experience? The first biggest takeaway this is going to sound really funny, but I, this is the first time I've ever raced in sunglasses <laughs> and I've never had so many great race pitchers awesome. run, like running in sunglasses. So I feel like I've unlocked this like secret thing that if you don't typically have great like race photos, wear <laughs> sunglasses because I feel like that hides a lot of the pain. <laughs> so good. I was trying to say. So yeah, I looked back at some of the race photos and I'm like, that was genius. I'm going to have to do that more often because like, I feel like, yeah, that was like my disguise from how much I was hurting. Um, but I think the, the second biggest thing for me in that race is, um, just to not give yourself an excuse or like a way out, or even when it gets uncomfortable, like just figure out a way to answer to that voice in the moment to like prove to yourself that you belong there or that you can push through because it's going to get a com- uncomfortable. It's, you know, 26.2 miles, you know? So I think just figuring out how to, how to manage that a little bit better. Um, but it just, as far as an experience as a whole, it was one of the coolest days of my life. I mean, the spectators along the course were insane. Like so many people, like my family and friends came and my uncle made like bought an official, like, sign maker or like a, I don't even know, but he, he had like the strongest sign game. I feel like of anyone along the course, that's a good so quality that was like, to have. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, like even like it, when I was watching, I watched the race back and like at the start line, you see like a bright yellow sign that says, <laughs> go, here, go. That was him. And he's like screenshotted that and send it around. So I think good. he added it to his resume. He was so proud of that, but, um, no, that was, that was really cool. And just, you know, being there with my family and friends, it was a really, really special weekend. I love that that was your uncle too. Like that's some dedication out of an uncle. Dude, that he drove down too, like him and his family from Washington, D.C., got in the car. Oh, love it. You know, bought a sign machine, came down. And there's also rumors that, um, and I don't know if this is true or not, but every time he brought like a lot of airplane bottles. <laughs> and every time I ran by, I think they all drank some of them. So I think I think he like really made the most of it. So I'm going to try to figure out how I can get him to come to all of my races because he, he made that pretty fun for the whole uh, Carl Strom D'Amato crew. 
Can you tell me what a sign maker actually is? Like, does he have a laminating machine he's carrying around with him? No, I think it's like a letter, like a font thing. I, I don't even really know. He, he said a sign maker, but I think it's a, I don't know, some sort of machine that you can make like big letters that look like really official. So all of their signs looked like super professional. Okay. It was, it was, yeah, it was really cool. Sounds like it's worth the investment if you're passionate about cheering at marathons. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, he really showed up to cheer. That was that was really awesome. He's also he's like the cool uncle too. Mm. So yeah, he uh, he showed up, man. I th- I feel like you have just a really special family in general, though. You had so many people there. It was so cool. My my family is awesome. My family is so like. We have like the Carlstrom side. We do family reunions. We used to do it every two years, and now it's now it's a little bit longer because everyone, the grandkids, all have mm-hmm. kids now. But like that week reunion, it's like there's a talent show during it. There, so you know, poker bowling. Yeah, and that's where like I always thought I was like completely talentless because I never had anything to do in the show. Like my cousins <laughs> would be singing or doing like puppet shows or magic tricks or just like the talent in the Carlson family is insane. Like I have an uncle who's a rocket scientist and yeah, I just would never, I didn't have a talent. Like, Hey guys, I'm going to go run a mile and I can do it in less than five minutes. Time me. I'll be back. Like that just, <laughs> that never made it into the show, but yeah, it was, so it was really cool. I want to start implementing talent shows into family, family <laughs> gatherings. That sounds fun. It's so fun. Okay. Well, we got to meet like randomly at the trials, which wasn't planned at all, but whatever day it was, it was one or two days before the race. It seemed like everybody and their mother were running around Centennial Park and yep. um, I flagged you down because I was like, wait, is that Kira? I think that's Kira. That was really cool because we've talked a lot now. So it's kind of, I don't know, that was a really special thing to meet you in person. I'm really happy we had that moment. Well then, and were you with Esther? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have followed an Esther. Hi, I'm sure she's listening since this episode is with you. Um, I have followed her on Twitter and social media for years. I feel like, I don't know how long, but a very long time. And I had no idea that's who that was. And then after you guys ran off and we were talking, you know, just like friends, then after you guys ran off, someone said, Hey, that was, that was Esther Atkins with her. And I'm like, Oh, I would have totally like, you know? Yeah. Esther's really cool. She's from the Richmond area also. So that's kind of how we, we got in touch, but she also, I mean, obviously she qualified and so did her husband and she coaches a number of athletes that did. And she's been real helpful on my journey because she's such an experienced marathon runner. Mm. Um, she's been so nice to lend me like just advice or, you know, I, we talked, I think the week leading into it and just chatted about different things. And she's, she's a solid person. I've really enjoyed our, our friendship. Now tell me about the tracksmith thing, because I know that you are supported by them and, there were like 90 athletes, right? Running with tracksmith gear. That was really cool. So they had a program, their OTQ program that anyone that had hit the time, um, they, um, offered a sponsorship to, so they would send gear every quarter and they also lend it into Linden into coffee. Um, they would send their coffee every month also. So it was like double win because I got some awesome coffee. And if you haven't tried the coffee, it's really, really good. Um, and then got some really cool gear, but I just thought that that was awesome because their brand really represents 
amateurs and sports and like all the people that they represent aren't sponsored athletes. They're doing it because for the love of the sport. Mm -hmm. So I was really proud to run in a tracksmith Jersey and represent that. Like I'm doing this because I love it. Like I'm not getting paid to do this. I like I'm working my butt off and I'm doing it for the love of the sport. So I I was really proud to run in a tracksmith Jersey. Now that that's completed you you're what's what's happening next what are your next big long-term goals have you thought about that yeah so um obviously everything that's been going on has has changed a little bit originally I was selected for the U.S. half marathon team competing at the world championship event in Poland and that was supposed to be in March but now it's been postponed Mm -hmm. to October if you know if that even happens Um, And then I was thinking of going after the 10K track standard, which obviously that's all been postponed also. So I'm kind of now just back into like base mode and just trying to grind out and just keep progressing with my workouts. And then as soon as they open the gates back up and allow us to race again, I'll be ready to go. Yeah, you still seem to be running quite a bit. Like I've seen a handful of doubles on your Strava. Do you typically run twice a day? No, I pull it back a lot. Like my mileage marathoning, I was doing to 100 and then I peaked actually just around 130. Mm-hmm. And now I'm I'm bringing it back to like 80 to 100 and then I'm just <laughs> adding a little which yeah, I'm yeah, I'm slowing it down a little bit. But um and I'm adding just more intensity into like my workouts. Uh, but yeah, I really, I like doing the mileage and I think especially right now with everything going on, like running is still the thing that I can control and I can own. So it's been really healthy for me through these like uncertain chaotic times just to be able to get out and get like a long run in or even like, you know, some days I didn't plan on doubling and then my husband will finish work at five and I'll be like, okay, I got to go for my second run. He's like, oh, I didn't know you were running twice today. It's like, yep, me neither until just now, but I got to get out of the house. I'll see you in three miles or whatever. So, yeah, so, no, I totally get that. Yeah. It, uh, def- it definitely brings some, some peace in the headspace when nothing else seems very normal right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, what about your airplane arms coming into the finish line? I, was it a video or a picture? I can't remember but I was like, that's amazing. There, it was a video. Yes. I, like, obviously I didn't like plan on doing that, but I like when I saw the finish line mm. after like struggling through so many miles, I was like so relieved and so excited for it to be over. And then, but also so proud to have finished and know that I really like laid it all out there. So, and you know, and I think everyone was like real excited for like the top three and top 10 to come through Mm. that like, you know, it was almost like, I felt like it was kind of like a slow clap almost. So like (laughs) I wanted to get the crowd into it, you know? So I started like pumping my fist and people were getting excited and I kind of like built off that. So I just went into like airplane mode and flew in. But I feel like people were a little confused at the same time because it's like, does she know she's not making the team? Like there there are 12 people that, you know, that finish ahead of her. Like, uh, like she's 12 spaces off making the team. Maybe someone should tell her she's not on the team. Like I probably celebrated more than even the people that made the team. But I was just so proud of my journey too. Like as like a mom and a realtor and someone that really like shouldn't have been there in a way like to have completed this journey. Like I was just really proud and emotional in that moment. So yeah, that's what came out. Airplane, airplane arms came out. (laughs) 
I loved seeing you finish. You looked really strong when we saw you. We saw you. Everybody who hears all of my post-Olympic trials interviews, they're like, yeah, Lindsay, we know you were 600 meters from the finish line. <laughs> but <laughs> we saw you 600 meters from the finish line. And, you know, you're of course, you're about to go down that hill to finish it off. But you looked really tough. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. And that's what people like... I guess I didn't look like I was dying as much more as much as people yeah. as I felt, I guess. So that was, that's a good, that's a compliment. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I noticed on your Instagram, you updated your bio a bit a dec- after a decade of hobby jogging, this mom is running down some unfinished business. So do you feel like the trials were just like a piece of that unfinished business? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it like through reflecting just recently about, kind of my whole journey and kind of, again, like with running, you always have your why. And I'm always trying to like figure out like, why am I getting up every morning to Mm. do this? And recently it's come back to like, there were some goals that I hit in like round one of me competing that are goals that I missed, I guess, round one of me competing that like, I now have a shot to do that. So that's kind of where I'm back at it. Like all those are back on the table and you know, let's, let's get after it. I didn't quite hit up some of those the first round, but now that I'm in like my extra bonus round or <laughs> bonus life or whatever, the, the second phase of my running career has been, and, um, yeah, I feel like some unfinished business I'm going after. And when you say the first phase, are you mostly referring to college times? Yeah, college. And then I ran for, I think like one or two years post-collegiately. So, um, yeah, so that's, kind of comparing now to then two more running specific things that recently you've done. Tell me about this quarantine 10 K is that part of you said you were kind of like ramping up the intensity and was that an actual virtual race or was that just on your own racing a 10 K? Yeah. So that was on um, the Richmond road runners. They have every April, they have something called the Carytown 10 K, which runs like right through Carytown and Richmond, which it's a really, really, really cool race, but obviously that couldn't happen this year. So they switched it to be a virtual and instead of Carytown, they made it Quarantown 10 mm-hmm. K. So I signed up for that and I didn't know quite how I was going to get that in. And I really like racing a lot more than my coach <laughs> So I got up there last night. He sent me the workout was a six mile tempo and I was like, perfect. I'll just make it a (laughs) 6.2 and (laughs) submit it for the, uh, so it was really, it was a tempo run today, but, um, but I extended it out to the point two so I could enter into the quarantine 10 K. But it's funny because he, uh, I always try to like do something a little bit weird in the workout. He sends me to kind of like stick it to him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so that today, like I send it to him and he like writes back and he's like, wait, you, why the extra point two on the tempo? I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. And he's like, Kira, you're uncoachable. What is, but like so last, funny. I think it was last week he gave me 42 hundreds. I saw and, like, that. I saw- thought it was a joke. Like I thought he was trying to like prank me or punk me or something. I'm like, what? That's like 4,200s. That's a, <laughs> how many miles is two- that? Um, I, eight, uh, oh gosh, five maybe. Okay. That's that- so many 200s. What's your rest Try between? 45 seconds. So I did, um, <gasps> oh my gosh. I did like, or it was 45 seconds or I would jog 
like, mm-hmm. like kind of catch my breath and jog a hundred. But in between every 10, then I got like a lap jog. Okay. Okay. So, so that's so I kind of broke them into groups of 10 but like during that like your mind goes a little crazy it's like why am I doing so many of these like this is like you go into like a really weird space and I have this whole like ring system to like keep track of like how many I've done so I don't lose track but then I was thinking I bet he's not even like I send him my splits but I bet he's not even (laughs) counting these I'm like I'm gonna do an extra one I'm gonna make it 41 and just see if he even notices like this is gonna be the best joke on him like I'm gonna stick it to him because he made me do 40 but I'm gonna do 41 so I send him all the splits and he's like hey great workout didn't notice didn't even notice. And I'm like, man, I tried to stick it to him and he didn't even care. And then I tried to like tell him like, hey, did you notice I did 441? <laughs> and he didn't even care. But um, yeah, so that's, uh, but that made it a little fun. Like knowing that I was like sticking it to him during that workout, like for whatever reason, made it a little bit more enjoyable doing that many 200s. Okay. So, but your average pace for the 10K was 529. Was he like, that's not your tempo pace or is that your tempo pace? Yeah, it was. He wanted me to start at like 540 and then break it down. And um, so that that was it was I kept to his plan as far as pacing. Um, But yeah, if I were to. uh, Yeah, that wasn't what would your pace be if you were like give or take, obviously, what range would you be targeting if you were actually like full out racing it? Probably, probably in the low fives, I think. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. Like I think, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, when I went through in Houston and the half, my 10 K split was like 32, 50 something. So I think if I was really trying to race a 10 K, it would probably be in the low 32s maybe. So yeah, I think, (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. I was planning on doing a 10 K this, um, this summer, but we'll see. It might have to do a time trial this summer then to kind of simulate it. Yeah. I've been loving the time trials lately. They're the, well, I've just been doing these little virtual races, but they've brought a lot of happiness to you've my been quarantine. Virt- you've been rocking your virtual races. And how is that? Because you've done, like you started at 5k, right? And then went all the way up to a half marathon. Yeah, I did the 5K and then the week later they did the 10K and then they gave you two weeks for the half. And the thing about that is I had run a half in February, but since February, the most I'd done it once was like eight miles, which is not a big deal. But my feet, so like uh, once quarantine really started, I was running like six, seven days a week just for like we were talking about peace of mind. Um, And normally I'm more of a five day a week runner. Um And my feet had been driving, like really starting to bother me. And I'm like, I know that this is because I've ramped up the miles and also I'm not doing my reformer class once a week anymore. So yeah, um, after that 10 K I was like, you need to chill. So I started running (laughs) like three to four days a week and biking to supplement. So anyway, my half wasn't as fast as I like, you know, wanted to do it, but I was still proud of myself for finishing it. And my husband and I have been doing these, um, 1.2 mile loops around our house, which, you know, for half, that's kind of a lot of loops, but it's been really fun. It's been like, this is our neighbor, this is our neighborhood, like quarantine race route, you know? That's really cool. Yeah. That's really fun. He's been smoking me though. Like when you talk about your competition, uh, like wanting to beat your 231 with your husband, like we have a fun, friendly competition too. He's always going to be faster than me, but we do it like he get, he, um, 
he does like guesses. He'll beat me by X amount of minutes. So we, that's how we compete. It's not like we're trying to run the same time, you know? That's um, awesome though. Yeah. Do a little handicap. Yeah. Glenn's been rocking it too, man. Like he's really been he crushing it. Me. He doesn't do, he doesn't <laughs> do speed training either. He just runs a, you know, a good amount. Like, I mean, on a low week, he probably runs 50 miles a week on a high week. He probably runs like 70 or so, which, you know, for the wow. average runner, that's kind of high if you're not racing. And, um, I think it's just like his, you know, you just like built up, build up, like you're used to what it feels like to run a lot and you know how to run hard from when you used to run hard and you can kind of just like gut it out. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. what he's doing. That's, that's where my husband Anthony is too. Like, and actually this is really funny because over, I think it was over Thanksgiving or Christmas, we were all sitting around and like I told you last time, like Anthony's more into like weight room mm. training. And I, so he's gotten like really big and buff and I've been running a lot. So like my family was like, Hey, Anthony, could you beat Kira right now? And, um, and I am like overhearing this, like thinking, yeah, he should probably just tell them no, <laughs> right away. <laughs> but he was like, well, what, what distance, what distance? You know? Yeah. And like, and I'm like, why does it matter the distance? I could beat him in anything, but I'm like, I'm just going to listen to how this goes. Uh, and, uh, and they're like, well, like, you know, marathons and stuff. And he's like, oh no, Kira, Kira can get me. And then they were like, wait, do you, could you get Kira in any distance? And he's like, yeah, I think like some shorter events I could beat her. And then I come in and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. What, what is this? You? And he's like, no, I think like in a 200 or a 400, I'm faster than you. And so then we had this like little rivalry going that during like the Christmas break, he came to the workout one day when I was working out and he's like, listen, I'm just going to prove it to you. I'm going to run a 200 all out and then you're going to see you can't beat me in a 200 right now. So and he's gotten like really big. So I was uh, very excited to see this. And he shows up in his like lawn mowing shoes and like <laughs> pants and like he didn't warm up. And I timed him. He ran a 26, 200. Wow. It was, it was like, it just, it was like a tank just like coming through. Like he's this big, strong. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't think I can run in 200 and that. So I, he's gotten the 200, but I'm like, I think I can get you in a 400. So now this quarantine, he's like trying to get into 400 shape to like stick it to in a 400. So we're going to have to have a race off at some point and see who can run a faster 400. But he's convinced that he can break 60 in the 400. And, and what I do you doubted think you him. <laughs> I think I'm maybe close to breaking 60 also. Okay. That's but fast. Yeah. I, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see. The other day I ran a 63, but it was like not an all out. Is that when you were pacing so. the high school girl? Yes. Okay. Can you yes, tell us all about that? that? That was really, really cool and a really special experience for me. I do want to like disclaimer this whole thing sure, that go for it. we've been planning this for almost a month now. So there's a girl, she goes to a local high school. Her name is Caroline Bow, and she needed like time to send into colleges because she really wants to run in college. And without a spring season, I'm sure a lot of like the high schoolers are going through the same thing. They're having a time trial to get these time to send to a college coach to be considered. So she wanted to do an 800. So she reached out to me and I was a little hesitant just with all like the social distancing, but like yeah. kind of my heartstrings 
were, were pulling on me and we talked a lot about it and we decided like if we could do this in a really safe way, obviously we wouldn't be socially distancing for that, you know, one lap to 600 meters. But, sure. um, but I know her family and she knows mine and you know, we, I feel like we were really smart about it. So I do want to just preface this story that this was, it was a tough decision and I feel like this isn't a good example for, for social distancing. But at the same time, I feel like we were really careful about it and, um, I'm just like, I was really proud to be a part of it too. So I did my workout and then she warmed up and then, um, yeah, she asked me to take her through like four to 600 meters. So we went through and, uh, yeah, I paced her. I think we went through like 64 through the 400 and then, um, and then she completed and she ran a 212, which is a four second PR for her. So that was, that was that's insane running. And it was raining that day too. So, she, you know, there was no race. It was raining and she ran a four second PR. She's just, she's really incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. That's gotta be super tough for, you know, for lots of sports too, like basketball recruits. I'm thinking spring, you know, all the spring recruits, like that's going to be yeah. really hard. Um, yeah. well, the only- I- go ahead. The, not the, a good thing, but at least everyone's in the same boat. So, right. you know, everyone's have to get creative and the coaches are going to have to understand that what's what's happened so I feel like at least everyone's on an even playing field that way but it's yeah it's going to really change how things things are happening yeah for sure well I appreciate that disclaimer and um you know like I get what you're saying but also I think that everybody needs to in a very smart way live their own lives and we, you know, as long as people aren't being crazy and stupid, we can just respect that. So, um, I right. th- yeah, I think that that's great that you did that. And I'm sure that that made her like so happy. Like, and if she PR'd by four seconds, like you just can't run like that alone, you know? Right. Yeah. And that was, um, I think also just having like, I mean, I've run with the Midlothian team a lot and, you know, I've, you know, in a way maybe become like a little bit of a mentor, but having like me there just to hold her accountable, right? Like if you're going to a track by yourself, it's like, well, I'm not feeling great. Oh, well. But when there's someone else, it's like, okay, she's kind and she's paced me like, you know, that extra little like motivation to keep going, especially when, you know, inevitably it gets hard somewhere. But yes, that was a cool thing to be a part of. Did you get lashback for that on Instagram? No, I didn't. But I felt very, um, like, I was very insecure about it, I guess. Like, in a way, I was so proud that I was part of something that was really helping her in such a special moment for her. But I also felt very insecure because I felt like that's not Mm -hmm. the example that I want to show. And outside of that, I haven't run with anyone, you know, through this whole social quarantine. So, so it's just, yeah, I, um, I guess it was more of my like insecurities on that. I feel like everyone should be taking this really seriously. So I didn't want to set an example of that, but yeah. 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 I get that for sure. Hey everybody. I want to take a quick break and let you know that even though the one America 500 festival mini marathon and Delta dental 500 festival 5k have been canceled due to these unprecedented times with the COVID-19 pandemic, they still have a virtual option. And you better believe I will be participating in that. This is one of my very favorite races every single year. And 
One of the cool things about the 500 Festival Mini is that it supports over 100,000 Hoosier kids annually. So this is the 500 Festival's largest fundraiser and it supports free youth programs and events. So you can still register with the virtual option when you go to IndieMini.com slash register. And that's for both the mini marathon or the 5K. And you'll still get your shirt, your medal, and your participation hat this summer. And you have also until June 30th to complete the race. Thank you so much to the 500 Festival for your awesome partnership. I can't wait to be back at that race next year and experience it in person. But for now, I'm going to soak up the virtual race and enjoy every step. All right, friends, if you're looking for more episodes from me, which I don't know if you actually can be because I'm putting out two episodes a week and you're maybe sick of me by now, uh, but I do have a Patreon page and you can head over there and you'll get two bonus episodes a month over there. Right now, I'm rolling out one episode a month with Lauren Flores and one with my husband, Glenn. Those are super casual. They're unedited and we have a lot of fun with those episodes. So head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. When you support this podcast and my work behind it for as little as three or $5 a month, you can get access to those episodes. All right. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Kira. Um, okay. So are we ready to move on to our kind of like random fun round? Yeah, I have some questions for you, Lindsay. Oh, so I you're feel so like fun. All, I feel like in all of these interviews, you're asking the questions. So I wanted to like flip the script okay, a little I bit love it. and ask you questions. Now, these are random okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to make no sense. And feel free to edit this all out and we can pretend like it never happened. But you are I have so some very great. Questions I, I knew asking ask you, you was like the best. <laughs> I, you guys, I didn't know she was doing this. This is hilarious. Okay. So this is my first like burning question that I have for you and your household. Okay. How often do you run your dishwasher? Every day. Is it once a day or do you sometimes find you have to do it more than once a day? Like I cannot imagine the amount of dishes you all go through. <laughs> um, no, it's once a day. And I'm the kind of person that like once it's loaded and then, you know, like once it's clean, I will then like hand wash the rest of the dishes for the day because I want to be stubborn and I want to start fresh with um, a fresh load. So like if there's like five or six dishes, I'm like, no, I'm just going to hand wash those because I don't want to I want to start fresh. Oh, that's a, do you have a good – here, here's a question too regarding dishwashers. Do you put utensils in like handle down or handle up? Dude, you are not going to believe this. Well, maybe some people listening have this. So um, I don't know if you've seen on Instagram, but we have been remodeling our kitchen. Yes. Okay. So we just got a new dishwasher. And prior to this dishwasher, I'm a – down. Everything goes, I want the handles up, the things I'm eating off of down. Thank goodness. We can be friends. Okay. okay. Continue. This new dishwasher, I was using it and I was like, this seems smaller. Like everything, the rack seemed lower and I wasn't loving that. And then I realized there's a third layer on top and it has dividers and you lay your silverware out in between the dividers so that like, you know how like if you put two spoons next wow. to each other, they get really dirty. It's yeah, genius. And I have dishwasher envy right now. This sounds amazing. It's amazing. And the other comical thing about this whole kitchen renovation is 
like I didn't pick any of this out. Like I didn't know what dishwasher was coming. I didn't know what features it would have. I know nothing about anything. Things just appear in my house because <laughs> we hired <laughs> we hired my friend and her husband to do the design. And we just told him, told them, look, we um we need to redesign the kitchen in a way that there's a space for a bigger refrigerator because we have so many kids and our refrigerator is pretty small. And so we had to like move things around. So other than that, and, the, and then we told them we also want a pantry because we didn't have a pantry. Um, we just like let, you know, we set the budget with them and we just let them pick every single thing out. So whenever something new happens, I don't even know what it's going to look like. So it's so fun. <laughs> That's kind of exciting. That's really exciting. Exciting. That's really cool. Okay. Well, my second question is also kitchen related. Okay. How many gallons of milk does your family go through on either a daily or a weekly basis? Are you guys milk drinkers? Oh yeah. Um, it's my little, my three younger ones. My oldest doesn't. We probably drink a gallon of milk every other day. No way. Yeah. And it's, so when you go yeah. grocery shopping, how many gallons do you buy at a time? Like three. So you, and you're not even worried about the expiration date, huh? No, but, <laughs> like don't worry, we're gonna go through this. Oh no, yeah, we'll burn through it. But we we buy that, you know, we buy organic milk, and so the organic milk expires later. Did you have you ever noticed that? It like the date is like a yeah. month later, so yeah, it doesn't go bad quickly. So yeah, we buy yeah we go through probably I would say a gallon every other day, something like that. It's it's a lot of milk. Um, That's yeah, a lot of milk. Yeah. All right. What is the funniest thing you've ever found in your refrigerator or freezer? Mm. Like my kids put stuff in there all the time and I <laughs> open it up. I'm like, well, this doesn't belong there. Um, I don't know. I usually find like Hot Wheels in the freezer a lot. And I think like at one point I gave my son this like color changing car. If you turn like hot or cold water but then he thought like all of his cars were color changing. So just all of the Hot Wheels end up in our freezer. I mean, like, I feel like I found like kids trying to get into my freezer. I was going to say <laughs> what wouldn't surprise me is my third, Russell, he has been peeing everywhere. And so what wouldn't surprise me would be if I opened the freezer and like saw frozen pee in the freezer. <laughs> Oh, that so that actually hasn't happened, but we keep catching him peeing like he's like a cat. We also finished a room in our basement, like this tiny little room. And the literally the day the floors got done, we walked downstairs and he's just peeing all over the floors. That's so that's so funny and gross yeah. at the same time. It, yeah. That's so funny. I think I'd prefer frozen pee over not frozen pee though. So maybe he's on. That would be um that would a be good a better thing. move. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, the floors were easy to clean. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't have a good one, though. I don't have a good one for that. Okay, well, you'll have a good one from this next one. If a song could play every time you walk into a room, what song would that be? Like, what would be your theme music? Okay, what would be my theme music? I like the song, um, Whoa, Whoa, You Got the Best of My Love, something like that. Do you know what song I'm talking about? I know exactly what song. I want you to sing more of it, though. But yeah, I know exactly what song that is. That was good. Well, that was really good. I'm gonna, that was wait, quick too. Let me look. Let me look up um, what it's called. So that well, it's called "Best of My Love," but everybody has to know that song, right? 
that's a that's a really good one. Okay. This is funny. Like I usually like whenever I'm getting to know someone, I always ask them like what would their like theme song be or like if they were playing like Major League Baseball and they were like walking out to the plate, like what would their like walkout song be? And I always ask, especially like on runs where there's like a new person I don't know. And I was randomly talking to someone in the airport one time and I started asking him what he did and he told me he's like recruits for baseball. And then eventually I started asking him more and found out that he played, he actually won a world series as a pitcher. (gasps) Oh my gosh. And I was like, Oh my God, I had the best question for you. What is your walkout song? I'm like, I've asked like hundreds of people this question. I've never actually asked a professional baseball player the song. And that was a really, that was a a fun moment in my life. Uh, He said, he played a song once and it wasn't that lucky. So he really didn't do walkout music. Oh, you got to do walkout music. <laughs> so I have a funny story about this. When I was uh, like graduated college, you know, and everybody else seemed to be getting jobs and like knew what they were doing with their life. At least I thought they did, but you know, they didn't. Um, and I was just like a sad person because I didn't have any like career goals. I didn't know what I was doing. I was working as a receptionist at a doctor's office and, you know, my husband had, you know, he was in the Kelly school of business for finance. So he got a job right out of school in finance. And, um, we were engaged at that. No, we were just dating still anyway. So I remember driving around to like John Cougar Mellencamp song, your life is now. <laughs> <laughs> And just be like, okay, my life is now like, this is it. So (laughs) full, that was like my theme song of the summer. And then, um, full, this is so full circle. Um, in 2018, I did a live show in New Hampshire with Sarah Canny and, uh, Sandy, my youngest was like two and a half months. He came with me and I was just feeling like I was, I did it. Like I I'm doing what I love to do. I'm doing a live show for this podcast that I've dreamt dreamt of for a while. And, um, so for that live show, I made my walkout song. Your life is now. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So maybe that's that's really cool. That you get a walkout song for going to record. That's really, really well, cool. I mean, I, I made that happen. Like nobody was like, what's your walkout song? I was like, I need a walkout song. <laughs> We really should implement walkout songs for just like everyday things. Like when I get up in the morning and I'm coming out of my bedroom, I need like a walkout wake up song. Yes. Okay. For sure. Where I only have a few more questions here. Okay. I love Do it. you have a spot in your house that is like your mom hiding spot that like when things get a little overwhelming and you need a second that you're like, I'm going to retreat or like you stage a game of hide and go seek and you just go to this spot that you know will get you a couple minutes of alone time. You know what I do? I usually just like fall onto the floor and like collapse and just like either (laughs) fake cry or real cry because I feel like if I look upset, then they're all like, oh, mom's sad. So sometimes it's a real cry, but sometimes I'm kind of like, I'm not that sad. I'm just faking it so that like they have some sympathy and they stop, you know, breaking everything and hitting each other. So usually I just collapse in the middle of whatever room we're in. And it's pretty funny too, because, you know, we have had our kitchen being remodeled. So the guy who remodels the kitchen is probably like, what, why is she laying on the kitchen floor again? (laughs) 
<laughs> Listen, if it's not broken, don't fix it, right? <laughs> so if you're, if you're getting the results from that. Um, okay, here's my last question. A penguin walks into your house wearing a sombrero. What does he say to you and why is he here? He's probably asking me for something because that's what happens all day long is he's, he's for sure asking me to make him some, some sort of food. That's all he's, that's, that's what he's there for. He wants some of that milk. That's so funny. That's so funny. 100%. All right. Well, those are my, uh, those are my questions. Um, well, thank you. I you. love that. So thank, you. thank you for playing along. I might have to implement this into, you know, cause I'm doing what I'm doing right now is, you know, normally I post my podcast every Friday and during quarantine interviews is like, what's bringing me life. So I'm like, well, you should just do more of that if that's what makes you happy. Um, so I'm doing regular episodes on Tuesdays now and these fun, like kind of catch up, but also random quirky ones on Fridays. So I'm, I have future Friday episodes I'm going to need to do. So I'll, maybe I'll implement this a couple more times. Yeah. I also made a whole round of would you rather. So, okay, perfect. If, you know, I could send this, <laughs> I could send this along later if you want. We can, we can do that. We can do that too. Um, okay. What is your happy song addition to our happy song playlist? So I've been going through a big one hit wonder phase, Love which it. I don't know if that's a thing, but but actually, my song does not come through One Hit Wonders. I just wanted to share to the world that I'm going through a one-hit wonder phase. <laughs> my song that I'm going to add is actually my wedding song, my husband's and my first dance song. So to your awesome playlist, <laughs> I'm going to add Hey Ya by Outkast. I love it. We that played song- that song at our wedding, too. <laughs> It makes me so happy. But that was that was like our first day. Like not like, you know, everyone has like really nice sappy songs. Like we had Hey Ya. Wait. was like first day. Kira. This like. Was it your walkout song or your like love song? This was like, okay, now like everyone sit down and watch the couple dance. <laughs> <laughs> Did you then do a slow song? No, that was so we actually we did Hey Ya, but it was like the acoustic version. Oh, okay. So I, I feel I feel a lot cooler saying just Hey Ya, but it was acoustic and then we went right to like real Hey Ya for the dancing to start. That's so it was like Hey Ya acoustic followed by Hey Ya outcast. Um that was our walkout song. Really? At our wedding. Awesome. Yeah. But our first song was Stand By Me. So we went a little more traditional for the like first dance. That is, oh my goodness, I have some really great news. I haven't been able to find toilet paper anywhere. And so I've been just ordering at random sites that say there's like a six month wait. And I just saw the delivery man deliver toilet paper to my front door. This is really really great news. Like you guys haven't been able to find any at like Target even? No. I mean, I know everybody's sold out, but like we've been able to grab some here and there. I also like I've been ordering like I haven't physically walked into a grocery store oh, okay. since all this happened. Okay. So I've been doing like 
click list or whatever. Okay. So none of that's available. So maybe okay. if I did just show up and walk into Target, it would be there. But I, now I have toilet paper on my front porch. This is really amazing. That's amazing. All right. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Glenn's been doing most of our grocery shopping. I've only gone to the store once and I didn't like it. It gave me anxiety. So I haven't gone back. And he he does not give him anxiety. He does not care in the least. Um, I, I feel like we're kindred spirits because I have never talked to anybody else with a love for Outcast like we have, <laughs> let alone playing it at their wedding as like one of the most important songs. So I'm really appreciating that. Yeah, I think we might be B- BFFs or ha- what's like a virtual B- VBFs, virtual <laughs> B- best friends forever. VB- yeah. VBFFs, BBFFs. Yeah. Let's be that. But now, Meg Gaiman, who I have a question from later. Let me know that you used to be a DJ. Do I not know that? And is, this is your obsession with walkout songs. That probably is where it all rooted from. This is this. I'm going to try to make this a really short story because this could be a really long version. But my I, my younger one of my sisters is five years younger than me. And for her, I think her 13th birthday party, she had her first like boy girl dance party. And she wanted me to come and like play music. But so, but she also like, my sister Dana is really, really clever. So she, my mom said there had to be like a chaperone there, like down in like the room where they were having the party. And so since I was 18 at the time, my little sister Dana was like, why don't I have, like, can Kira be the chaperone? She's like an adult now. She's 18. Can she chaperone it? And so my mom's like, yeah, yeah. If Kira could be there, that's fine. And then she told all of her friends that I was the DJ, right? (laughs) So it didn't feel like there was a chaperone there. So then she gave me this like meaningless role to like pick the music just so I would be the adult down there. So like I brought like a CD player and like lots of CDs and I DJ quote unquote her birthday party. And it was awesome. It was actually one of the most fun dance parties I've ever been to. But so then after that, all the kids in that circle kept calling, like telling their moms that they wanted the DJ from Dana's birthday party. So all of these moms then started calling me and asking if I would DJ their like son or daughter's birthday party. (laughs) And like the first, the first mom called and was like, Hey, you know, I heard you're a DJ. Can you come and DJ, you know, Susie's party? I'll give you $200 to DJ. And at the time, like in college, I'm like, wait, what? I'm this this for free. Are you kidding me? You're going to pay me to do that. So, but somehow like it just kept snowballing and people kept calling me. And so then like I was going to like elementary school and like middle school dances. And so I finally like invested in my own like good sound equipment instead of just bringing my like six disc CD player to all these places. So I got my own like DJ equipment and then it just started snowballing, getting bigger and bigger and eventually got into like weddings. And then I got into like races and race announcing. And yeah, this was a pretty, and I did it for like, a decade. It was always like my little like side hustle oh, to do that. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun. I had, and I think why I probably kept getting hired back is because I would play music and then I'd get out on the dance floor and like teach kids how to do like the uh-huh. cha-cha slide or the Macarena or like, you know, all my cool like swimming moves or the pony or whatever <laughs> different like dance moves were. But it was, it was a real, that was a really cool, yeah. DJ K-Rock. And actually that Stop. came out because 
yeah, it was at like, um, I finally had to get a microphone and someone was like, okay, you know, I'll introduce the DJ. What's your DJ name? And I'm like, uh, uh, DJ K rock. And they're like, awesome. <laughs> so yeah, they're kind of like, I kind of fell backwards into that job, but that was a really fun, uh, career <laughs> for me. That's too good. That like, that's not real life. That's too good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like a lot of things that happen in my life. Like I tell the story and people are like, what? Like how, what? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, that's pretty funny. I'm glad Megan brought that up. That was that was a fun memory. I yeah, because I don't think we've talked about that, and that is that is so good. So, do you DJ your kids' birthday parties? <laughs> uh, yeah, I still have the equipment, and like, yeah, I'll bring it out and like play music. But now I'll just like set up a playlist and just like let it do its thing. But um, actually, the funniest thing that ever happened at a party, I was DJing at an elementary school, and. I wanted to like get everyone involved. So I decided if I play like the locomotion or the train or whatever it is. So I like got up on the mic beforehand and I'm like, okay, I was just at your elementary, like your rival elementary school. And I got like 95% of like everybody in the gym to get on the train. But I know you guys are better and the school is Navy. I know you could beat Navy. So everyone was getting like really, really excited. And this is also, I should tell you, it's a Halloween party. So everyone's in costume. So then I put on like the ride the train and uh-huh. everyone is pumped and everyone's grabbing their friends. Everyone's getting in line. And I'm pretty sure every single kid in that auditorium was on the train. And there was the stormtrooper who was on the back of Hulk who got like a little too aggressive. And it was like real excited that they were going to beat Navy and they tripped and the whole train line just fell like dominoes into this like massive mosh pit pile (laughs) and there was like butterfly wings like popping out and just like legs and all the parents like rushing to the pile to like pull their kids out and no one was hurt but I'm just watching this go down and my mouth is just dropping that I just created this like pile of kids like I was just trying to like make it fun and no one was hurt there was no tears it actually was was pretty funny but that like that moment I will never forget that was a highlight of my DJ experience that's hysterical see I would have been the mom just in the back watching there's no there would be I would have not been running to save anybody I would have just been (laughs) watching the drama go down that's hilarious I wish I had it was like before like social media and video everything was popular I just wish that was on video it would have been on video for sure there would have been a mom there videoing that there's no way that it wouldn't have been videoed if it was was 2020 yeah (laughs) oh that's so good oh my gosh Well, I love that part of your story and, um, I'm a big music junkie myself. So, you know, I'm the kind of person that at like a cookout or something, I'm like, we have to have a good playlist. Like if it's not on a good station, like not good music will just ruin the whole ambiance. So you have a very, you've had a very important job. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So do you have any, um, uplifting or fun people, funny people to follow on um, social media right now? I have a couple accounts that I just love. And I'm going to do like kind of running world and then just funny and then just, I don't know, I'm going to break this into categories. But as far as running, Milepost is one of my favorite accounts, Dorothy Beal. She like 
she like this week she held a contest of like posting funny like race signs um for like the world marathon majors and that's just really cool i love she's always trying to do things and she's just created this really awesome community of runners like she's the one behind the tash hashtag i have a runner's body and i just love like everything that she does so that's going to be the running one that i say to follow because she is she's just really she's just awesome and then I have a friend from high school who started her own like DIY blog. Okay. And it's awesome. She does the coolest things to her house. And she also – she was a runner in high school. She went to Oakton. But then she also did drama. So she just has this personality that is just so contagious. And she's always dancing and telling jokes. She's a mom of three. And she's done the coolest transformations to her house. So my number two is going to be Angela Rose Home. She's – so funny. Um, so that's always fun. And the stuff that she does, I'm like, yeah, that's, she, she gets after it with the power tool. So it's really, really cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then I also love everything that Conan O'Brien does. <laughs> so, so I'm a sucker for like anything that he puts out there into the world. So I find him so funny. What are some of your favorite social counts to make you laugh? Okay. So I, I love this question because I love hearing people's answers, but I am not great at it myself. So I recruited my friends. And so Ashley Fizzerati, I knew she would come through with some good ones. She's running bun on the Instagrams for anybody interested in following her. Um, but one of the accounts she just told me about is an account called not skinny, but not fat. And it just has like lots of like <laughs> mostly funny like quotes and stuff. But this I I literally opened the account and the first one I read says almost left the grocery store without buying a bag of spring spring mix to throw unopened into the garbage in two weeks, <laughs> which I literally just did that it's about so, three days ago. I know. I'm so guilty of that, too. That's hilarious. Uh, here's another post from them. Friendly reminder to resist the urge to TikTok, to go live, to film your home workouts, and to drink wine for breakfast. <laughs> Which is so funny because who is not going live right now? That's that's really awesome. Let that's me read one more. I'm definitely, she's got a new follower in me. Right? Uh, this is, uh, oh, this is true. See, some of these are hysterical. Some of them are just kind of funny, but like they're just so true. The problem with bringing lunch to work is that I want to eat it for breakfast. Yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah, they'll be done with it before nine o'clock. That's uh, that's how I roll. Yeah, it sounds like they could help me with some Strava titles too. So that, um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna, that's gonna help me get creative on Strava. Yeah, speaking of Strava, I just, I don't know. So I actually tried to get a little funny on Strava, not really like Kira funny, but I decided I'd try to name my runs instead of just having every run be like morning run, afternoon run, evening run. <laughs> How's it going? It's not going well, Kira. Um, really? Yeah. Like we had a conversation about Pelotons being bougie. And like, so my last uh, bike workout that I uploaded, I just wrote this ain't no bougie Peloton. Like that's about <laughs> as exciting as it gets. But that's way better than like afternoon workout. Yeah. And then it's usually like, just like, that was hard or body didn't feel that great. Um, yep. When you forget to turn your watch off. Yeah. See, none of this is good. Oh, here's a good one that you'll like. Too many tater tots. 
<laughs> is that a thing? Can there be too many tater tots? I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> there can be when you eat them right before you go for a run. Oh, <laughs> that does sound pretty awful. Yeah. So let's talk about your, um, your Strava because you never like, and then do you get up, do you get in there and edit it right away? Cause you know, it uploads and it just says morning run. You have to get in there and, and edit it. And then are you thinking of what the post is going to be while you're running? Yeah. Like sometimes, yeah, sometimes I forget to do it or like I come back and the kids are on top of me. So I wait until afterwards and then I'll get comments like morning run. That's not funny. Or like you really dropped the ball today. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the inspiration for it comes from like a lot of di- like, sometimes I'll just be like, Alexa, tell me a joke. Or like the night before when we're eating popsicles, we'll save the popsicle sticks and it will like, I'll turn it into something to add to Strava. But other things are just like what I hear or what I think about or just something I remember from my past. So it's a big like eclectic version of um, random funny things that make me smile or yeah. And then sometimes now like that people kind of know it's my thing. People have been sending me ones to like add. So that's that's been pretty fun, too. I think the bravest thing I've ever done is misjudge how many how much shopping I want to buy and still not go back to get the basket. Is that you or someone else? <laughs> that is someone else. That is someone else. I saw that somewhere and I stole it. It was. That's so that, true it's, though. It's so me though. I do that. Oh all, yeah. Like not recently, but I'm like, Oh, I'm only need like, especially at Costco, like, Oh, you need one thing. And no, I do not. <laughs> but then I'm too proud to go back and get a card. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Or like I go back to get the cart and I'm like, I hope people don't think I'm like trying to steal all these groceries that I have, like, you know, like in all of my arms and like between my legs and like every crevice of my body is like holding some piece of food that's going to fall on the ground. My line, people are like, can I help you with that? And I'm like, nope, this is my workout for the day. I'm I'm good. This is going to skip me from doing the push-ups. I'm okay. You're like balancing a watermelon on your head. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. So now we're going to do, we have a couple listener questions for Kira. Are you good with that, Kira? Oh, yeah. Lindsay, this is Meg Gaiman from Seattle. Um, And my question is, Kira, what was your favorite or best DJ gig that you ever did? Thank you. All right. All right. That's awesome. Megan is awesome. I know exactly who that is. We went to school together at American. She's really, really cool. Um, I guess the best DJ gig would have to be, oh, it's tough because I've done some really cool weddings, but that one moment at Waples Mill Elementary where the train fell into <laughs> a pile, <laughs> that I feel like it was just one of the favorite moments of my life. So I'm definitely going to go with that answer. Gosh, weddings would be stressful. Okay. Here's another one. Hi, Kira. This is dad. Just wanted to know whether your fondness for root beer flokes is just your way of covering up eating more ice cream. (laughs) That's a really good question. Um, Hi, Dad. Thanks for calling in. That was a good question. Um, Yeah, probably. I think that was a way for me to sneak in because a root beer float I don't think is actually considered like dessert really or a bowl of ice cream. So I think that is the way to kind of double dip with – with root beer float and then also separate ice cream. 
Um, can I just say your dad is so cute too, because in his email with the voice memo, first of all, props to your parents for know how, knowing how to email voice memos. Cause my parents would be like, <laughs> how do you do that? And they're not, e- my parents aren't even very old. Um, they definitely would not know how to do it, but, um, he was also like, when will this air? And so I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. He's going to listen. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. You got a new, yeah. He'll listen to it. My family. Yeah. Anything, um. Anything I go on, they're really, really supportive. So you definitely got all the Carlstrom's D'Amato's uh, listener count in here. Oh, I love it. Okay, here's another one. Hey, Kira, if you're so fast, how come in high school you weren't able to catch me when we raced back from the neighborhood lake? <laughs> That's from someone named Reed. Yeah, Reed's my brother. This is really, <laughs> this is really, really funny. I think this memory is a lot more like crystal clear for him because um, I think this is one of the prouder moments in his life. But Reed is really fast. He played lacrosse. He was a phenomenal lacrosse player, but he just didn't really like to run. So I think if he ever actually ran, okay, now I'm going to put Reed on blast real quick with a really, really funny story. Reed, the actually the woman that he's married to now, he had a crush on for a while. Her name is Brooke. And he asked her out and he asked her out and she said, no, no, no. And he just kept like, I mean, he wasn't like, he's not like a aggressive, like eerie kind of creepy dude, but he just was really, really fond of her. So he's like, Hey Kira, she really likes to run. And also like no one in my family likes running. Like nobody, like Carl Strips. I'm the only one. I'm five. I'm the oldest of five kids. Nobody likes to run. So everyone kind of just thinks I'm like a dork because I like to run in my family. Like it's not a cool thing. But so Reed finally like came to me and he's like, Hey, like, you know, there's this girl that I want to ask out and she's running. Like, what do I do? Like, how do I impress her? And I, I'm on the, um, the credit union cherry blossom 10 mile run committee. So I was like, Oh, well I can get you like two entries to this. Oh my and he's gosh. like, okay, cool. So he like goes back to her and he's like, Hey, guess what? Like I can get you an entry, an entry to cherry blossom. And she's like, no way it's sold out. Like, I don't think so. And he's like, no, 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 I can. She goes, well, that would be awesome. Yeah. Why don't we do it together together? Now he's never run. So all of a sudden now he starts like training his butt off to run. <laughs> and it's not like a 5k. It's a 10 mile yeah, run. It's far. And, and he also like, he calls me back and he's like, here, you're not letting me down. Right. Like she was really pumped. She said the race is sold out. I was like, no, 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 I, I, I can do, I have like, cause I volunteer every year. I can get like you guys both an entry. So he trained his butt off. They both came and then they raced it. And I was actually announcing, like helping, like help announcing that day. So we announced it over the loudspeaker and there was like 20,000 runners there. But we, so this was like their first date and we did a shout out to like Reed and Brooke somewhere in like the starting zone. And so I think he like really impressed her with that. But, um, but he, he wasn't like he trained just for like maybe a month or so getting ready for this. And I think he ran like under 80 minutes. So he ran like seven minute pace yeah, that's or not, something for yeah. 10 miles. Did that's he, insane for someone. Yeah. Did he Sorry, smoke? Bro- did he smoke Brooke or did they run together? He did. He oh, did. he like, should have ran with her. Read. <laughs> well, he still Whatever. won her heart. He did. So, uh, you know, after that, they started dating and, you know, and then he proposed and they're married now. And uh, and it's awesome because first off, she's really, really cool, but she also loves to run. So now, like, I have, like, a family member yes. that for family reunion, Christmas, like, I have my running buddy now and she's just so cool. So that's really 
that's really fun to have her in the family now. That's so great. And it, I think it's funny that he like didn't hang with her in the race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also like he never ran after that either. So once they started dating, he like never ran again. So she feels like she's like, yeah, I kind of got like swindled a little bit on that one. I thought I was like dating like a runner, a runner but, <laughs> but no. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Here's another one. I don't think I did this one yet. Here's another one. Hi, Kara. Um, this is Jen from Lidditz, Pennsylvania. I follow you on Instagram, and I often see your husband and your daughter tap dancing in your stories, but I think I missed the original, like, explanation for the tap dancing. Has he always been a tap dancer? Um, how did he pick it up? It's pretty funny. Jen, that's an awesome question. Thank you for following me. And I, I'm so happy you like the tap dancing videos. So the tap dancing started we have like a family tradition that every year for Christmas we go, my grandmother Nan started this, that we go and see, like instead of presents, we go see a play together. So now we've we've been doing this for well over a decade now, but I think a Christmas or two ago, maybe it was this Christmas, no, last last Christmas, there was tap dancing in the play and Anthony just got like so pumped. He was like, I freaking love tap dancing. This is awesome. Like he was so excited, excited. And then he was also drinking a lot. Um, so I think somewhere between act and act two, he had ordered some tap dancing shoes on Amazon that he did not remember purchasing. But but like two days later, Amazon Prime on our front doorstep or a pair of tap dancing shoes that he now just puts on and just taps around the house. And then... For my daughter, Quinn, like we get hand-me-downs from her cousin and her cousin does dancing. So I think she found a box of hand-me-downs that had tap shoes in them. And so she found it and just put them on. So she came out. So then my husband ran and got his tap dance shoes on and they just now do like tap dance routines. And it's so funny to me because neither of them have had a lesson and like they actually look really good. And maybe this is like to an untrained tap dancing eye, but like they like are pretty impressive when they like start tap, tap, tap in a way. So it is, is pretty funny. And I, I'll try to keep those coming because people I think have really enjoyed seeing my husband just with a quick, quick feet tap dancing. That is hilarious. This is like, is this a new kind of newish thing? Uh, I've been doing, yeah, probably the last like, Ooh, I don't know. The last six to nine months, I post it like once every like two weeks. We'll okay. do like a little performance on Instagram. But I did. I just learned how to do like an Instagram like story that lives on your oh like your profile IGTV or whatever. Yeah. So I now have like a little one that you can go back and you can watch through some of their um, their best performances. Okay, I'm gonna definitely gonna do that. <laughs> okay, speaking of Quinn, this is from Quinn. Why always your party? Why always taking up? Why always? Go to bed and wife always go 9-9. <laughs> You're getting called out for sleeping. Oh, my goodness. That's really cute. It's <laughs> hilarious. That's yeah, that's Quinn. That's my daughter. Yeah. Years old. Um, Quinn, that's a really good question. All of these things, like I've tried explaining to you many, many times, um, they make you stronger and smarter <laughs> and like, Sleeping at night is a really, really good thing. So the more that you can do that, the happier everybody is. So cute. Okay, this is the last one. I think this is – okay, this is your mom. Oh, that's awesome. I have a question for Kira. 
Did you run a lot as a young child? And if so, did you ever break any bones while you were running? <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Why do you put me on blast with that one? I, <laughs> I broke bones all the time when I was little from running. I And it would always be on like a holiday or right before we left on vacation. But like one year on Christmas, I set up like a hurdle. Um, I think I was maybe in like kindergarten or first grade, but with all the suitcases that we were packing to go on our Christmas like trip, I set them up in like a hurdle pattern and was like running around the house hurdling. And um, my form, I guess, was lacking a little bit and the back leg <laughs> the suitcase that I fell. Oh my and gosh. Broken <laughs> and we had to go to the, to the hospital. I ended up going to that Christmas with a cast. And then like the next summer, I think uh, I'd left my like wallet in the backyard or something. Cause naturally that's where you want to leave your wallet as a first grader. So I was like running to go get it. And I fell again and <laughs> broke my arm and showed up to that like reunion with a cast again. But yeah, I, um, that's why I don't do like hurdles or steeplechase or anything that requires <laughs> coordination because you just got to stick to what you know and just run straight and flat. That's uh, that's easy. Oh, man. That was fun. You know what I love is that your family, I, I just want to be in your family. You, they just show up like, you know, it's like they show they show up to your races. They're fun. They do talent shows and literally like last minute last night or I might have even emailed you this morning I was like hey do any of your friends and family have any funny questions to ask you that I wouldn't know about and literally like three people sent something so your people show up and that is that's a really cool thing I have a really awesome family and we actually are um, taking applications right now so (laughs) if someone would like to join our family it is we um pretty particular you have to be pretty weird but also very supportive and loving um but yeah we'll go through some applications and go through some (laughs) interviews and uh it's it's a tough process but we are uh we do allow others to come on in well I get the sense that if I were to just show up on Christmas like everybody would be like oh Kira's friend Lindsay's here cool and it wouldn't be weird at all 100 percent come on on over yeah. And I think partly like, you know, with five kids, like it's sure. like there's always like random kids running through the house and more uh-huh. people. But my my family, they just have open arms. So just come on, like let's have a blast and yeah. I love that so much. Okay. Do you want to do the quick would you rather? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. So this is all this is also so this is Would You Rather Running Edition. And I okay. found this on womensrunning.com. So they had this posted, but I thought these were so funny. Okay, we're going to give them the cred. Would you rather run with no socks or no sports bra? I would go no bra because I can run without a bra and it's not a big deal. But yeah, I don't want people to see this. I would too. Really? Yeah, no, I would 100%. I would be totally fine going braless, but do not take away my socks. Yeah, I want the socks. Oh, we have a lot in common here. All right. Well, this is going to go hand in hand with that. With that, would you rather race a mile, butt naked, or in a one-piece snowsuit? Mm. Is there a crowd? We can determine. Let's let's. Um, I feel like if it's crowd, we're 
we have to do the snow suit. Right. Let's say it's like quarantine edition. Okay. So like right now, like showing up, you could show up to the track at midnight and it's dark. I'll go (laughs) naked. I'll go naked. Yeah, I think I would go naked too. I think I would go naked also. That would save I mean, the us one piece time. snowsuit. Yeah, the snowsuit I feel like would be restricting and then you'd also probably sweat a lot. So that's not not good for a race, but okay, okay, we're going naked. Would you naked? Would you rather run without music or without or without podcasts or anything earphones or a GPS watch? GPS watch. Really? Yeah, I I really I really enjoy the time to like listen to the things I want to listen to when I'm alone away from my kids. And I feel like I can still, if I was an athlete at your level, I would want the watch probably, but I just feel like I can feel what my body's doing. And like, it's to me, it really doesn't matter, (laughs) you know, how fast I'm running. So I think I'd go to a GPS watch. And actually the last marathon I ran, I did not wear my watch. So Wow. That must feel like really freeing and powerful, huh? Yeah. I mean, I knew I was going to see my splits because my husband was running right next to me and he had them, you know, um, at the end. But yeah, I didn't want to like be obsessed with looking at it. So I just didn't wear one. That's awesome. What do you go with? That's really cool. I think I... I think I'd have to go without the earphones. I'm like... And I think this comes back to like, I love Strava. Mm-hmm. And I think it like just keeps me like and feeling so isolated sometimes be with running just in general, because I run by myself all the time. I feel like it connects me to so much more of the community. And and I also track like my weekly mileage that way and everything. So I don't really care what pace I'm running usually. But like, I feel like I need like if I didn't run it with a GPS watch, it's like it didn't happen. Yeah, that no, would stress I feel me that- out. I feel that way too. Yeah, I feel that way too. Like if I do a non-running workout and I have to upload it manually to Strava, I'm like, I feel like this isn't like really like, did I really do it? But I know I did. It's more fun when your watch uploads it for you. I get it. And if I were you, I would pick the watch. Okay. Here's our next question. Would you rather run as much as you want on a treadmill or only be able to run once a week, but you could do it outside? Oh, that's hard. (laughs) I know. Uh, I'm going to go treadmill. Yeah, I think I would have to also. That's Yeah, that would be terrible. That would be really terrible. Although, although like, I have a TV right now, treadmill, so, like, my I catch up on a lot of great trashy TV. But, um, yeah, I think I'd have to pick treadmill also. I don't hate the treadmill. I just want the opportunity to run outside, too. But if I can only yeah. do once a week. And then I – so I would pick treadmill, and then I would just make sure that I was, like – going on lots of walks outside and like bike rides and stuff. That's a good, yeah, yeah. So get your, get vitamin D other ways. Yeah. Okay. This is going to come in like close, you know, hit close to home because everything we're going through right now. But would you rather for the rest of your life Mm. run completely alone or like every time you ran, you had to run with a big group? Mm. Oh gosh, that's tough. What's your answer? I think I'd go alone. Do I'm you really still like do races? This quarantine. Ah, that's a really good question. I ooh, I didn't really factor that in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I still I don't know. I think I go alone. Like I am learning. I'm like kind of like I'm kind of an introvert extrovert. So I really like I really like that alone time when I'm running. But hmm. that's a good point. If I couldn't do races, then I would maybe have to reconsider this. What are you leaning towards? <sighs> I think alone. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I do choose to run alone the majority of the time. Like I could, you know, in normal circumstances, not non-COVID times, like I could make plans to run with people way more than I do and I choose not to. So I would say like normally I only run with someone like once a week, if that. So I think I would do alone. And I think that the asterisk is definitely alone if if we can still like show up at races and then you could just sign up for a lot of races. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think I'm going to go alone. All right. Would you rather for the rest of your life have free running shoes or free race registrations? Running shoes. Yeah. They're more, there's, yeah. there's, you, you get them too often and I don't know, race registrations are expensive too. Yeah. I'm going to go, go running, running shoes. shoes. Yeah. yeah, I think I go running shoes also. I want some for my husband uh, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wears a lot more I than I do. Yeah. 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 I go through like a pair every other week. Like it that adds up, man. Yeah, when you're running a hundred miles a week, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. This one is the last one. Would you rather run in your favorite outfit every day, but only wash it once a week? Or you can wear clean clothes to run every day, but you absolutely hate them. <laughs> so you have the running clothes that you just hate. But the one outfit I can only uh, wash once a week. Right. So the other six there, you know, you get it clean one day and the other six days you're running in some, <laughs> some funky, funky clothes. I'd wear the funky clothes. I can't stand having dirty clothes on. Oh, really? So you, okay. So you would be okay at clothes that you hate. So this is where I went, like, I started thinking about this question. Like, what if you hate the clothes because they like ride up or right. they chafe or they like fall down? Like, that's where like, I'd be okay in dirty clothes if they fit right. So that's, I think I would actually pick the dirty clothes because then I know it was like what I like to run in. I guess I was just thinking the clothes you hate are like ugly and not stylish and like don't like fall on you right. But like I wasn't thinking that I would be chafing and stuff. So I think that that's an yeah. important point. And if that was the case, yeah. I would probably go dirty. But if it was just like, what's Lindsay doing in those like basketball shorts again with her, you know, <laughs> your, her like her like white cotton tee, I would just probably, yeah. I'd probably go with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with like running and ugly stuff. That would be fine. If it fit fine, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. But like, like it's all, yeah, about the fit. Totally. Yeah. All right. Well, you just passed. You won the would you rather round. Congratulations. Oh, that's good. That was fun. <laughs> I'm so glad you thought to bring that to the table. That was good. I love it. Okay. All right. Thank you, Kira. All right. I'll talk to you later, Lindsay. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Kira, for coming on and bringing the fun. I knew you were way more fun than I am. So asking you back was really a no-brainer. You all can find Kira on social media. On Instagram, she is K-E-I-R-A, Kira D'Amato, D-A-M-A-T-O. You can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter, at lindsayhine. You can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine where we have a group as well. Definitely join that group. Links to all that will be in the show notes. Go support Christina at Koala Clip. Koalaclip.com. Use the code ANOTHER for 10% off your order. And don't forget, you can still register for the virtual option of the Indie Mini when you go to IndieMini.com slash register. All right. I appreciate you all being here so very much. Looking forward to putting out more episodes next week. For sure, we have Jordan Hesse coming up. So I'm really excited to share her story and how she's feeling after the Olympic trials as well. 
Have a really great rest of your weekend and I will see you next Tuesday.